We ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Standby transwarp drive. Two. Roger. Ready to move up. On my mark. One. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show with Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. All right. Welcome into another episode of the Low Down Sports Show. This show is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Drew. And I'm BJ. And we're here to get the lowdown on all things basketball. This show, we're going around the association again. One of these days, we'll stop doing that and stick to a couple <laughs> topics for an episode for you guys. But we're going around the association again. Got a lot of things within the NBA Finals to talk about. Uh, you know, just a bunch of different things. You know, questions on Clay Thompson. Is it Steph's time to get the Finals MVP? What's going on with Jason Tatum? Draymond Green talking a lot of smack. Who's going to win it? We'll keep talking about it and in how many games. Uh, WNBA side of things, firing uh, or parting of ways, I should say. L.A., Derek Fisher no longer together. Got a little divorce. Uh, Liberty starting to win some games after a lineup change. We'll talk about that. And play some with it or quit it. We got some more stuff within all that. But I don't want to give it all to you in the beginning. Give you a big snippet, just not everything. Got a lot of stuff in store, is the point. Yeah. And BJ is holding down with it or quit it. So I'm the man answering the questions today. So we got yes, a lot, lot coming up. BJ, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's stop teasing. Let's start getting in it. All right. Let's get it in. All right. Starting off with the NBA side of things, BJ, it's the NBA Finals. Talking yes, about it once again. And we've seen the first two games of this series, and it's kind of continuing like the like playoffs have been throughout the course of this season with the, you know, double digit margins of victory, not so much, you know, both games haven't been blowouts. One is a blowout. Sure. But, um, you know, still in that same type of fashion, uh, golden state kind of scoring consistently as far as their point totals at the ends of these at one Oh seven and one Oh eight Boston, you know, a flurry of game one and 120 points. And then just 88 in that game two, looking pretty rough out there. Um, yeah. You expected uh, Golden State to bounce back at their home. Uh, you know, they always play well at home, and that was their first uh, loss in the postseason at Golden State. So uh, definitely a little bit of a punch in the mouth there, but they always respond uh, pretty well here. Yeah. Uh, t- teams are battling pretty well. Steph Curry kind of the lone man doing stuff for the Warriors, uh, averaging about 31.5 a game. And – and you would argue the stars, all the stars in Boston are struggling, even though multiple are scoring 20 a game in this series. Uh, Jason Tatum hasn't necessarily looked like Jason Tatum. And, yeah. you know, his three balls going down, but everything else is not. And he's just barely averaging 20 points a game uh, in these first two games on the road. Uh, you got to hope that the homestand will help Jason. Uh, uh, BJ, what do you think's been wrong with Tatum? Why has he been struggling? Is it something Golden State has done game game plan wise to bottle him up, or is it nerves of the NBA Finals? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I mean, we saw what the the Warriors tried to do. You know, the consistently having 
you know, their opponents chase them around on defense for 23 of the 24 seconds before they bury a dagger three or whatever. It, it felt like that at least. And it felt like they were, you know, target. It's, it's kind of like what they were trying to do to Luka Doncic in the Western finals where they were, you know, trying to tire him out and, and, you know, hoping that he would not have enough energy on offensive side of things to, you know, and the, and the whole team would falter. And you kind of saw that in, in game two. Well, I mean, you didn't kind of see that in game two. You saw that in game two, even though Tatum had a better uh, better night in game two than he did in game one with the uh, 28 points leading almost all scores, but definitely leading all Boston scores. Um, but yeah, you go back to game one and they were, they were doing what they wanted. They had, you know, Jason Tatum, uh, you know, they, they had the matchups they wanted against him and they were tiring him out and he wasn't getting good looks offensively. Uh, but then you had other guys for the Celtics step up, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, uh, even Marcus Smart finished with more points. Derek White had more points than Jason Tatum did. So it really was the rest of the team in game one stepping up and picking up, you know, what where Jason Tatum left off and, and, and really playing like a team. And then, of course, that big fourth quarter run that they had, I think, was the, the biggest reason why they were able to, you know, kind of seize momentum. They they did what the Warriors have done this year, and, and they chopped away at a deficit and and came back and, and responded with a, with a win, a double digits, as you said. But then, you know, when the rest of the team didn't step up and Jason Tatum was allowed to do what he wanted to do, then you see the Warriors just – continue to have their way when when the rest of the team wasn't quite as efficient as as uh, as Tatum was in game two so that's going to be the interesting thing for me going forward in game three later tonight as we record on a Wednesday and then games four and five we know for sure over the weekend and into next week that we will have and potentially beyond that at the end of next week is what do the Celtics do to you know how much are they going to be able to step up as a team and, and, you know, pick up some slack if, if Tatum's not having the best game or will the Warriors continue to let Tatum do his thing and the rest of the team falter? If, if that's the case, then Drew, it, it may be a, a shorter series than we expected. Well, I'll tell you what, it won't take, won't take Tatum a lot. You know, like I said, he's knocking down the three ball, you know, putting up seven mm-hmm. a game, knocking down three and a half, shooting 50% in this series. <laughs> Uh, it's just everything else, you know, some of the bunnies, you know, the mid range stuff, he usually knocking down some super hard shots, yeah. you know, and you know, it's just, I think it's mainly nerves is what Tatum's feeling right now. And in Boston, I think he can find his groove for real. Um, you know, thankfully a revelation, uh, Derek white has been for the Boston Celtics playing yes. 31 minutes per game, uh, in these playoffs so far, the third most minutes on this team, uh, behind those two superstars. Mm-hmm. Uh, our two stars uh, in, in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, Derek White shooting 41% from the field, 58 from three, giving him 16 and a half uh, yeah. per game so far in this series. Uh, and he's got the second best box plus minus on this team right behind Jalen Brown. So uh, he's been really effective in helping keep them in it. And and believe it or not, BJ, and it kind of seems like we're saying like Boston's kind of struggling and, you know, which they did in that last game to yeah. to a certain extent. This this series is still pretty evenly matched uh, in regards to you know just looking at the uh, the stuff on paper right now. Yeah. Uh, rebounds, you know, forty and a half Golden State, forty one Boston, pretty much the same. 
uh, assists, 28 and a half Boston, 24 and a half Golden State. Not too much separation. The only no. real separation is this right here, the steals. Golden State almost doubling up Boston in steals at 11 and a half to six per game yeah. for the Celtics. Only six that, per game for the Celtics for a defense like that? Yeah, I was going to say, where, where's Marcus Smart been with the, the defense? I mean, he let's see, in game two, I'm looking to see if I can find uh, – here it is. In game two, he had one steal. One, one steal, steal. Yeah. that's it. Yeah, and uh, it's not it's not looking too good. Uh, blocks, no. Celtics got a slight advantage there, six and a half to four. Uh, turnover, 16 to 13. Uh, in favor of the lesser on uh, the Warriors' side. You know, field goal percentage both at 44-something percent here, 44.8 for Golden State, 44.2 for Boston. Uh, Three-point percentage in the ballpark of one another. Celtics have the advantage, though, uh, 46 to 41.5. Then free throw percentage, you know, 78 to 71. You have those small discrepancies there in the shooting, but they're still pretty close. And this was on the road, so... Boston coming home. If they can handle both, Draymond talked about. I talked about uh, the Warriors. Every time they're in the playoffs, they always are able to get a road game. Yeah, they're always able to get a road game. Well, you know, a lot of talking right now. Uh, I mean, you let Jason Tatum and those boys get in rhythm back in Boston. The Garden can get rocking, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, and just the added motivation to uh, kind of stop them from getting a road game if they did this let's just say it goes to where the warriors do not get a road game so that series would finish in six if the warriors happen to get one more win so boston get both at the crib go up three one go back to golden state they get that one at their place it's three two come back to boston boom win it four two warriors don't win a road game in this series for the first time. There you go, Draymond. And it's over in six like that. So I feel, I very much think that is a possibility. The only way I think this can be pushed to seven, unless, you know, Clay starts, Clay decides to revive, which we'll get to him in a minute, uh, is if Golden State can get this first game, get game three. They got to get game well, three. I'll tell you this, Drew, because, you know, we, we've watched a lot of Celtics basketball this postseason. The past two series, because – you know, they swept the, the Nets, which was really strange. It's still strange to me. Um, but when you go back and look, Milwaukee, Milwaukee took two games in Boston. Miami took two games in Boston. What the Celtics were able to do to win those series was winning on the road. And so to me, even, you know, the I, I do think that the, the Garden will be, you know, rocking and it will be a very good atmosphere. But even if Golden State wins, you know, wins two games, if Boston can continue to win on the road, then they could push it back to seven and still win the series. I'm not saying that Boston, you know, if if they get in a rhythm, is not going to win at all. But I wouldn't count out, you know, Golden State's ability to win on the road or, for frankly, Boston's ability to win on the road. This I think this series – Still, we're still far away from from seeing the end of the series. Uh, I, it would not surprise me, Drew, if, if we're here next week talking about a do or die game six and the possibility of another game seven for for the Celtics team that's played two series in a row with with going the full distance. I'd say you know I hope we are, but I want yeah. the series to end at six because I made a 
I'm going to wait to draw on it. That's true. <laughs> but That's true. Uh, looking at these, uh, looking at the shot charts for a couple of guys as we kind of transition into Clay Thompson, I'll start with Jason Tatum first uh, and his struggles. You know, talk about him being fine from beyond, you know, from three point range. Um, but, you know, seeing where his problems are, BJ, it's really right around this. El- this elbow area right inside in the mid range, yeah. you know, right around the free throw line. He's 0 for seven in this series. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just inside the free throw line, he's three for 12. So like I said, and one for three at the rim. So, so in the paint, Jason Tatum is four for 15 in this series. He is four for 15 that's, in this series. That's gross. That is very unlike Jason Tatum. No. If he just starts, if he starts hitting the stuff in the paint, Man, he's going to take off in this series. He's going to really take off, and the finals MVP will really be his uh, to lose for yeah. on Boston's side as far as them. Uh, if, if they are the ones to win it, he would get it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, his struggles are just where he get, where's his bread and butter usually is, you know, just right in there. The bunnies at the rim, layups, you know, floaters inside, right inside the free throw line and things like that. And elbow shots that he's usually easily doing some work on. So I, I can't expect um, that to to be the case going forward, at least through these three games here in Boston. I, I really, yeah. I really don't don't see that. Um, yeah, yeah. And this and this stuff with the elbow, I mean, it's floating all around because you know he gets the low block or short corner stuff, do the fades like like Kobe and things like that, and other yeah. people who like the low post. But you know, just in that area, he hasn't been able to knock it down at all in the mid. Uh, not one time so far. And transitioning to Clay, BJ, I got questions about Clay Thompson. You know, coming in here, um, you know, he's we have hasn't had any setbacks that we know of, and no. you know, he's continuing to play. You know, like I said, that we know of. You know, mm-hmm. teams like the Suns like to pop out news after the series, talking about oh, Chris Paul's hurt. Oh, we had COVID outbreaks. All right, sure, but. Clay Thompson like still excuses. playing. Clay Thompson still playing basketball, but he's not playing great basketball. Um, mm-hmm. He's really struggling uh, early. I think he's trying to force it, trying to assert himself uh, early. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not shooting well from anywhere, kinda in the paint. You know, from just inside the free throw line, but missing a couple uh, at the rim that he's taken. Uh, three for eight in the painted area. Um, so not great, and but. Not as bad as you know his his three pointers right now. Yuck. Uh, you know four of fifteen in the first two yeah. games. Yeah, not looking good. Has one it? of one of eight in game two, which is surprising that the Warriors were able to, you know, get the win. But then you look at the contributions from Jordan Poole, from Steph yeah. Curry, and and that's where the difference is made up. But the Warriors, to their credit, have you know you take away the fourth quarter of game one, Drew, they could easily yeah. be up two zero right now, and Clay Thompson still hasn't figured it out. So that's a troubling sign if you're Boston is that if Clay Thompson figures out whatever, you know, does it whatever mental gymnastics he needs to do to get himself right and, and get his shot back here in the series, I mean, it it could be over. It who's, could be easily over. Who's in more trouble, the Celtics if Clay Thompson gets it going or the Warriors if Jason Tatum gets it going? I still think the Celtics, even with really, you know, yes, okay. I think the Warriors are just that deep. They've been scary good all postseason long. The the contributions from from Jordan Poole here in the postseason, he's really emerging himself as the you know the new blood out there, and you know part of the new core that they're gonna you know build up once Steph and Clay and, and Draymond those guys you know they're aging. They're not this you know we talked about last week with Reggie. Uh, if um, if this is kind of their their last uh, 
you know, last right. ride, if you will, uh, for, for that aging core. But, you know, with Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, this is Warriors team. You know, they figure out, figure some stuff out once they lose those guys. They could still be, you know, in contention. Man, BJ, I'm going to stand firm and say this. If Jason Tatum can get it going and start knocking down those shots in the paint and in the mid-range, uh, this series is definitely over Celtics in six. Mm. If he continues at what he's doing right now and still struggling in the paint in the mid-range, just kind of keeps the same pace, can still knock down threes somehow but can't make the close shots, and Clay gets it going, I think it can go seven and go either way. Yeah. But if Jason gets it going, I think it can get wrapped up because this is the time for him to get it going, get it going in Boston. And if yeah. he can't, like the nerves are realer than real. Yeah. And you don't know. I think he's just going to struggle the whole series if he can't get it going ASAP. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I hope he does. It'll make a lot more fun. I hope they both get it going just to have yeah, some at more the same fun time. Here. Yeah. Because yeah, like Jalen Brown, he's still scoring, but he's not shooting most efficient either. Um, you know, getting his buckets, you know, the only one being efficient is Derek White. And, you know, Curry's doing his thing, but nobody else is. So, you know, we just want these teams to play at the best of their abilities. And we yeah. want the theme of these playoffs to be abolished and yeah. you know, have some close games, you know, something. I'll, I'll accept a 99-98 victory uh, if if everybody's just – If, if it's everybody's just balling out. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, just give me some tight, you know, playoff – finals basketball like i don't know like game one of 2018 nba finals yeah you know? yeah except for the ending <laughs> oh <laughs> my god what, are you what, doing? why did i do that to myself what up with that memory listen, listen to the listen to some of these uh, every the the five starting five for boston game two drew all in the negatives tatum negative 36 however negative 15 robert williams negative six marcus smart negative 12 jalen brown negative 10 I mean, you even had, as you said, Derek White. He's been pretty efficient. Negative seventeen in game two. You know that that's not great. So whatever the difference is, you know, and and also I'll give you Clay Thompson a zero. So you know when you've got Looney and Curry that are plus twenty four, Wiggins plus nineteen, and then you know Otto Porter Jr. plus twenty four, Gary Payton plus fifteen. You know, and, and Clay's getting nothing. You know that's. That's where, where we talked about with you know him finding a shot. What is something you think is for sure about games three and four? I think for sure you're going to see a raucous crowd, and I think for sure you're going to see each team get a win. Thing. Okay, I'll give you okay. one thing then. I think each team gets a win. I think we see a split in the first two in Boston. Okay. One thing I think I can say for sure is that Golden State won't win both. Yeah. Okay. I don't think they will. I, I like you said, we we talked about it before the series even started, Drew, and I think it it gets at earliest it wrapped up in six. So but I think they're going to have to go back to to San Francisco either yeah. way. So yeah, so it's either coming back tied in San Fran or down three one to San. No, Fran. no, it'll it'll be they're doing two three two. So it'll be well, somebody's well, going to be up three two, or it'll be over in Boston. Wait, what? No, 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 hold on. They're doing two, three, two. So it's Not two in I'm San Francisco. At. It should be two in San Francisco, three in since Boston, they, and then they one. I think it went back because so, I'm looking at the bracket right now. It shows that the next two games are in Boston. And did they change five, it back? 
Did game they change five. it back? I know for a long time they used I'm, to do the two three two in the finals. No, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I think if with Boston's win in the first game, they got home court, but Warriors were able to take it back by winning game two. So I think they have it. But I thought I for the fi- I thought for the finals it was two three two regardless. You know, and I just looked and saw that Game Five would be back in San Francisco. So I'm yeah. I'm confused when they announced that because I don't remember hearing anything about when that when that changed, where they're yeah. going back to the two two one 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 as opposed to the two three two. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh that's our scenario. So I I think it'll be if if Jason Tatum gets it going, Boston comes back to San Francisco San Francisco up three one. If he doesn't, I think it comes back. And if and he stays kind of playing, eh, it stays tied and comes back to San Fran tied to two. You said you don't see any scenario where it's three one Warriors going back home. Correct. Even if Clay finds a shot. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I I, I think it's gonna go at least six. So I I don't. Think I hope they... it does, BJ. No matter who wins, I've got it ending <laughs> in six, and I just need it to happen. Well, it'll be fun, exciting for sure to watch. And and I think that, you know, I think we're going to get our money's worth in terms of, uh, you know, as fans for this series. I'm I'm hoping, like we talked about, that, you know, we see Clay and, and Tatum kind of find their, their rhythm and, and shake off the nerves or what whatever it may be. Uh, so we get the best, you know, five-game series that we, we get, four, four to five games so that Drew can cash out his bet. But – the rest of the series, I, th- I want to see the best that we can see. And, BJ, one last question before uh, we slide into a different topic. Mm-hmm. Is this Steph Curry's best NBA Finals so far? Yes, even better than 2015, I think. And, I, you know, a lot of people go with the revisionist history and, and think that, you know, he got kind of robbed of the – MVP in, in 2015. And I, I still think that Andre Iguodala's contributions in that series was what put them over the top and why Iguodala deserved to be the, the finals MVP that year. But I think if the Warriors can, you know, get some more from Clay Thompson and, and just keep themselves in the series, this is Curry's to lose right now, the way he's played in the first two games. And then for Boston, like you said, if, if, uh, if Jason Tatum, finds a shot and they win the po- the series it's i think it's his i mean i i like what i've seen you know from from some of the the contributors like jalen brown especially and Derek white but if tatum finds a shot to borrow quote a phrase it's over for them fools like you said so <laughs> and, uh, I, and i think he i think he's the i think he'd be awarded the mvp to the to the steph curry point and I, I guess I can, I can pull up his 2015 as well. Let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you what he's done in the first two games. I know you, you know. Oh, but... I've got. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. I want to go. I want to go in order here. Okay. Okay. So, Steph Curry 2015 NBA Finals line here for you, BJ. Okay. 26, five rebounds, six assists on 44, 39, 89. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 2017. 27. Eight rebounds. Nine assists. 39. Oh, wait. Sorry. 44. 39. 90. 
splits. Okay. And that was the year KD won it, right? Right. Gotcha. First year KD won it. 2018, yeah. 27.5 points, six rebounds, seven assists, 40, 42, and 100 splits. And KD won it again that year. And KD won it again that year. And this year, BJ, 31, five and a half, four and a half. Give me, let me, hold on. Give me a second. I've got to go back to this page. Ah, percentage is hello. Boop, 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 boop. Be there in a second. Be there in a second. On 45, or actually 46, 46, 46, and 82 splits. So not not as well from the free throw line, but I, I still think this is, I think this has been his best finals thus far. I mean, he's played what, this is number five for him now? Uh, Yes. And this is the this first without KD since 2016, you know. Uh, so no, it would be number six because they lost in 2019. Yeah, right. So, but I Wait, mean, we talk on. about yeah, the four in a row, yeah, 2019. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I still think that this would be his his best NBA Finals. I think that you know we talked about all the odds if 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 um, you know, this was Steph's time to shine if the Warriors won. And so far, that's exactly what he's done. You you could, you know, you can make the argument with how Jordan Poole did in game two that he pretty much single-handedly put that game away in the third quarter. And you'd be right. Um, but I think when you look at what Steph did in game one versus, you know, Jordan Poole's outburst in, in game two with uh, with everything, I still would, would give a finals MVP to Steph right now. Now, if Jordan Poole goes absolutely absurd in, in you know, the next three and, and they finish it off in five, for, for instance, or whatever, then then you could make the argument for Jordan Poole because, you know, not just for finals MVP, but for, for playoffs MVP because of what he was able to do, you know, while Steph Curry was, you know, getting back to 100% and keeping this Warriors team going. And, and you know, you see how far they've been able to go and they, they took out the Nuggets in five. They took out the, you know, the Grizzlies in six. And then they took out the Mavs in five. You know, it, it's in large part because they added another splash bro, if you will. And and Jordan Poole has really emerged this this postseason as one of their, their big guys, big names going forward that they're going to build around once Curry, Clay, and Draymond all head out to greener pastures, you know. Right, right. Well, he's he's back. Uh, a pretty good favorite to uh, to win the Finals MVP again. To open the series, he was uh, he was minus a hundred and something. Then after Game Two, he was plus a hundred and something. Now he's back in the minus. So mm-hmm. they uh, they've got confidence in Steph that if Golden State wins it, it's definitely his. Which I mean, look at the points yeah. per game discrepancy. He's the only one scoring 20-plus, let alone 30-plus. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of his to lose, really, at this point. Um, BJ, you know, once this series ends in six, I'm ready for those NBA champs to be crowned. Yeah. Join that finals action, BJ, with DraftKings Sportsbook. I know you like to play a little bit. An oh, official yeah. sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make 
any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Yeah, Drew. I mean, we were talking the other night. My uh, my basketball bet didn't hit, but I got one in the game for the seam heads. I got the baseball bet to to hit, and so that was nice. But don't worry. I turned I turned a small bet into a big payday, and you can do the same thing during the NBA Finals with a DraftKings same-game parlay. This season, a customer placed a $5 same-game parlay and won over $5,000. You can create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, the total three-pointers made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Drew, we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk some WNBA. We're going to talk some action here over the past week in just a moment, but we have our first coaching change of the season, Drew. As you mentioned in our open, uh, Derek Fisher and the Los Angeles Sparks have agreed to part ways. It was... uh, it's not been exactly the start to the season for the Sparks that they would have wanted at this point, but they haven't been playing too bad at basketball, but they decided at this point it was the right time to, to make the, you know, as you mentioned, the divorce. And so my question to you then is what, where did the Sparks go for the rest of this year, making a, a coaching change, you know, essentially mid season. Is it, is it, you know, it's not too early to give up on the season, but is it one of those that at this point you're kind of looking around like, you know, trying to find a helping hand in the ocean almost to pull you back to shore. Where do the sparks go for from here for the rest of the season while they look for the next, you know, next head coach? Well, they won't be looking until the off season. Usually uh, they grab an assistant and make them the mm-hmm. interim throughout the rest of the course of the season. And what better interim head coach than my man, Fred Williams, former head coach of the Dallas Wings, who's been yeah. an assistant there for the past couple of years. Uh, it might be three now. Now that I think about it, but uh, yeah, Fred Williams is going to be the one taking over. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's they still need to they need to find a GM. They do mm-hmm. because Derek Fisher had that role as well. So a yeah. GM is something that they're looking for currently. Um, but you know the head coach position, you don't have to worry about sinking. Uh, you know once you get Fred Williams back at the helm uh, yeah. to coach the squad. You know they, he's got familiarity with one of the players uh, in Liz. You know that was the reason she came to Dallas originally because mm-hmm. she wanted to play for Fred. And it was definitely a bonus, you know, for her going out to L.A. that Fred was there as well, whether he was the head coach or not. You know, she has a lot of love for Fred. And, you know, the last time she played under Fred BJ, she was second in MVP voting. So they definitely have good coach-player chemistry together. And uh, definitely uh, he'll probably play Kennedy Carter a little bit more. Kennedy is showing how much of a problem she can be uh, on the court when she is used. Check this out, BJ. Okay. In games where Kennedy Carter plays 16 plus minutes, the Sparks are five and one. In like games, that. in games where she plays less than 16 minutes, BJ, 
They're 0 and 6. Mm. They're 0 and 6. So Kennedy Carter effect is real out in the court. We we all know she's a hooper. Uh, yeah. She just needed the right environment. There was a little bit of, you know, possible rift early, but it seems that's been patched up and, you know, she's been playing good basketball. And, you know, the more she plays, the better the team is, it looks like, as the results show. If, if Kennedy Carter played uh, a lot more, the Sparks might be one of the top teams in the league. So it could be that simple of a turnaround. Like, that's all they need is more Kennedy Carter. And Fred Williams can be like, all right, you're about to play 30 minutes a game. Here you go or 25, whatever, you know, so, um, you know, it's definitely going to help out. Uh, I don't know what kind of regime he's going to run. Uh, he likes to do kind of a high, low thing. Um, you know, kind of how he used to run it with Liz in, in sky, you know, point guard and then the mm-hmm. height at the center down there. So it'll be kind of a, uh, a Jordan Canada, Lexi Brown outside dynamic with Liz and NECA and all that. And he's still yeah. got pieces you can kick it out to. Katie Lou at the three on the dribble drive and things like that. So the Sparks, I mean, they'll probably finally reach their potential with Derek Fisher gone. You know, uh, there's a lot of a, a lot of L.A. fans out there who have been wanting Fisher gone for a while now. And, you know, he's just proven that year after year the team doesn't get better under his regime. Um, if you want to be a little bit more picky on Derek Fisher, ever since he joined, you know, he picked up a really good L.A. Spark team. Um, and, you know, that first year they went 22 and 12. You know, yeah. good, good, rec- good record, right? Uh, playoffs, uh, you know, saw saw some playoff uh, saw some playoff games, mul- multiple playoff games that first year. Yeah. 2020, the bubble year, 15 and 7. Not a bad record, but no bubble great- bubble made everything, you know, a little bit. Meh, yeah, not a great meh. ending. No. Uh, either. And, you know, your first round out in your playoff series, and that was when you lost Candace Parker. Yeah. Then fast forward 2021, you know, team continues to get less wins and more losses. Uh, 12 and 20 last year. Yeah, that's right. Pretty bad. No playoffs. And this year, starting starting off on the wrong foot, five and seven was eventually going to kind of be going down that same path, probably, yeah. um, you know, under this under the same regime. So, you know, they saw the writing on the wall in L.A. At least they finally decided to get it out of the way. They should have done it probably before the season. Um, but, you know, a lot of the moves that they made, you know, he might have been a part of. So that helped kind of form this team. You know, maybe this was all a part of the plan to begin with. Um in a way that, you know, if he succeeded early on with this team doing it his way, he would get to stay. But if not, you know, he knew the deal and they would cut him, you know, relatively early. Well, this um, ESPN, I feel like that's a, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say this ESPN article that I'm reading says that uh, he was always supposed to leave L.A. midseason because he took an associate head coaching job at Auburn. But a source okay. told ESPN he now intended uh to leave for auburn following the wnba season until um uh, until the move was made so um you know i guess there there was some you know he was, he was gonna, he was he was gonna stick it out uh until the the sparks decided that they needed to make the change now maybe he had you know maybe he was trying to do both jobs at the same time and not fully investing in one or the other and and you know his attentions were elsewhere that's a possibility but and it's not for me to to speculate on that but now he will you know get to go ahead and, and start a little bit earlier and down there in, in auburn uh getting yeah. ready for that season in, in november 
Yeah, I see that. Uh, see that now. Shout out to Alexa on the write up. She's a phenomenal yeah. writer at ESPN. Absolutely. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know that makes a lot of sense. But uh, his writing was on the wall anyway. He had the hottest seat in the league coming into the season. I'm surprised they started with him, but I, I think you know, you know that he was a part of those moves and those acquisitions and trades during the summer. Um, you know that they they kept that going. You know. Yeah, just kind of stay on. It's just weird that you know it's a, a plan to leave midseason. Like, what if the team was rocking, like playing really well, like in in to, in a real rhythm under Derek Fisher, and he finally got things turned around? Would he still leave? You know, I mean, well, he would kind of have that, to. Yeah, I but... think that I think that that was it was originally like before the season, and then they were then he decided to wait until the end of the WNBA season. Yeah, I feel right. like the inside of uh, the Sparks organization sees the talent within this team and was just like, you know what? Instead of that midseason stuff, let's go ahead and do this now because we could possibly make the playoffs um, with this. Yeah, team, they're the so. eight seed right now, Drew. Yeah, they're a lot of they have a lot of talent, and just you know, you gotta. Start playing. Uh, uh, I mean, Fred might have him play a different brand of basketball. Uh, who knows? But um, definitely play Kennedy Carter more. You can see that it helps. Um, but uh, but yeah, only only a third of the way into the season, so there's still yeah. plenty plenty of stuff to be decided. So it's definitely. it's honestly, in my opinion, better now if you're going to make the change to do it before you get like another 12 games in, and then you realize, well, we're not going to do anything. You know, let's punt the rest of the season away. So doing this now still gives them a chance to get back in the postseason. gives, you know, uh, as you mentioned, Coach Fred, uh, ability to run his schemes and everything like that. And and let's see what, what we can see from the rest of the Sparks this year. I think I think they'll look good, BJ. I uh, think so, too. I've got, I've got faith in it. And even though, like, this doesn't tell the whole story, but Derek Fisher coaching record in the WNBA, 54 and 46. Yeah, uh, definitely doesn't tell the story. They'll be like, well, he was over 500. Well, but it was in yeah. large part because of that first season being so good. Yeah. And then having some of the hangover players from this, from his first season going into the Bradenton year. But once, once he lost that and, you know, had, you know, injury problems last year and you no, know, nobody just ever bought into D fish. So, I mean, he, uh, it's what it is, but uh, New York Liberty, you talked about, being a third of the way into the season, plenty of mm-hmm. time to turn things around. This team is trying to turn things around now, BJ. Um, before yeah. we get into the the dynamics of the team, uh, had a little bit of a wild, some wild things going on at their last uh, home game. Uh, topless abortion rights protesters stormed the court at the New York Liberty WNBA game. Uh, so they were parading uh, around uh, messages, uh, my body, my uh, my body, my choice, written on their torso. So, the uh, Liberty had some activity to take care of at their at their at their last game protest. Yeah, you've s- you've there, seen but, that uh, in the NBA playoffs. You've seen that now in the WNBA yep. season. You're seeing a lot more on court protests. And and I mean, you know, for me, I can't really say that. You know, I don't think they should be protesting. I just don't think that's the right place for it because you, when you're interrupting, you know, the event and it's it's just going to create a mess for for whomever whichever team is is dealing with it because you saw was it in uh yeah it was in minnesota the woman that chained herself to the uh to the the basket oh yeah yeah, i remember that yeah yeah so i mean 
I, I fully, you know, I, I think it's fantastic to, you know, go out there and, and, you know, have your voice heard and everything. But obviously when you get into, you know, the minutia of, of where and when you're doing this, that's, right. that's for me. Now to the basketball side of things. Yeah. Uh, Liberty's starting to actually try and win some games now. Uh, yeah. You know, nothing to really marvel at, but they've they've had a lineup change to start off uh, June, and it's really started working for them. They've been competitive. You know, obviously yeah. won some games. You know, three just, of their last four. Right. Only one game back of those sparks that we were just talking about, and in four and eight when we thought they were going to be remaining at the bottom of the league with how how badly they started off chemistry wise and trying to put this put this new ship together um but but they figured it out they've they've brought yeah. in crystal dangerfield they have her starting at the point guard and have moved sabrina to the two and sabrina is playing a lot a lot better for it yeah. um you know really had a a big night uh, recently almost made history and didn't miss a single shot but she missed one yeah. um you know, uh, it was an 88-69 blowout victory over the Lynx. And Sabrina went 10 for 11 from the field and was shooting from near the logo. Yeah. Uh, doing some crazy stuff uh, she in that game. She had a half-court buzzer beater uh, in the first half, and then she hit another yep. one in the third quarter that was almost not, not the same spot, but just inside the uh, their half-court from around the logo, as you mentioned, it was, yeah. she was shooting lights out. I mean, she's gone over 20 or more each of these last four games. It was since they made that change and you've seen them win three of their four. Uh, this is the first time she's ever scored 20 or more in her you know career for, for the Liberty. So, you know, getting her, you know, producing big time numbers like this, this is what we've, we were kind of expecting to see earlier from the Liberty. And finally, maybe now we're seeing it and it's not too late as, as we mentioned, you know, there's still a lot of basketball to be played. And if the Liberty continue to play as well as they have been the past four games, they've still got plenty of time to sneak in and, and get themselves into a, a relatively good seed even. Yeah. She was flirting with a triple double in, in mm-hmm. that game, BJ 26, eight and eight. Yeah. As we said, only missed the one shot in the blowout victory. Um, she's been a plus 15.83. We'll get real specific with that number. Uh, it's the, according to Mark Schlender of WNBA.com and basketball news, it's the difference in points scored per 100 possessions with Sabrina Ionescu playing alongside Crystal Dangerfield versus when Dangerfield is on the bench. Mm. Uh, she is finding the ball more while playing off of it. And we thought that, you know, at least of all the players, you know, a, a lot of players that you think are point guards, BJ, like people that you think are point guards, especially with the style of play Sabrina had with the, mm-hmm. you know, kind of Westbrook getting, doing everything, assisting, yeah. rebounding, triple doubles and whatnot. I never saw her being able to kind of shift to the two and play that really well. And she's played it really well, and she's still kind of playing her same brand of basketball. And like I just said, you know, she's still finding the ball, playing off of it, as as Schlender uh, illustrates in, in this mm-hmm. piece for BasketballNews.com. Um, yeah. But you know, she's her transition to the two spot, and and Dangerfield being out there, and them having good chemistry together has really kind of sparked the Liberty lately in, in yes. into winning some games. Um. So. 
you know, prior to, to Monday's game, she was averaging 16 points, five and a half rebounds, 4.6 assists, while only shooting th- blah, only shooting 34.3% from three through 11 games. She wasn't doing great. No. And, um, Hey, let me check it. Let me check the field goal percentage while we're going ahead and checking all of that stuff. Um, talked about her three point pursuit. The field goal percentage is not bad. No. Um, the rest of it's not bad, but those threes and she's shooting a lot of them this year, uh, hoisting up just as many as her first year, actually six a game. Um, uh, but shooting it a little bit more efficiently, but still, um, and that and that's only coming from from uh, this recent game that's brought her, brought her up to, you know, thirty seven. As I just said, it was you know thirty four before that. But yeah, and you, you know, look just... you look back at, at these last four games, Drew. You know, it it's I'm not going to necessarily say that the the quality of opponent has gone downhill, but you know, you played the Lynx twice, you played the Fever once, and then you know they did get a win over the Mystics. That's probably their best win in this four game stretch, but. They really, you know, they could have gone four and zero in this stretch of games, and they'd be right there in a tie with the Sparks right now. You know, just that seven point loss on Sunday at home to the Lynx, and then kind of getting their their revenge on on uh, Tuesday night with the big blowout win. Uh, the, you know, it's not necessarily the the quality of the opponent or anything like that, but you do have to acknowledge that, you know, three of those games, three of the four games, including the one they lost we're against teams that are at the bottom of the standings right now. Yeah. So let's see, let's see for, you know, for the Liberty's sake, you know, they've got another game against the fever coming up on Friday. And then I think on Sunday they get to play uh, sky. Yeah. So they've got Chicago coming in on Sunday. Let's see how, let's see how they do against the defending champs. And if they can do as well as they have been in the past four games, uh, going forward the rest of the weekend, and if they pull off a win over the the sky, even they can still make the playoffs. It's if, not even it's not even out of the realm of possibility. If they can somehow, uh, if they can somehow get both, yeah, uh, going into Monday, then that would be huge for them. Yeah, and and I think the way they've been playing, they're certainly capable of it. I think they'll at worst go one and one, but you know. I, I think they really, if they want to be in the playoffs, they should get, they need to get both. Right. Uh, speaking of playoffs, a team we didn't maybe necessarily expect to be in the playoffs going into the year, the Atlanta Dream are uh, very much in the thick of things with Ryan Howard yeah. uh, leading things tied for fourth in the WNBA standings right now. Just one game back behind the defending champion Chicago Sky and two behind Connecticut. Atlanta Dream. They're interesting. Yeah. They're interesting. And 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 Ryan Howard has really led the charge uh for the team here. Uh they have a they have a a a winning record on both the road and at home. So mm-hmm. you know, they they're able to win both places and you're able to get them at both places depending on you know how, how things shake out. But you know, Ryan Howard's really leading this team and you know the supporting cast is really supporting and uh, you know, Kay Wallace has been a revelation, uh, been able to start and play a lot of minutes for Atlanta uh, early on. Um, they just got a new player after a trade. Uh, shout out to my friend Spencer Nosbaum with the next hoops. That's my right. My former, um, the Liberty have traded Asia Durr to the Atlanta Dream from Megan Walker. And, oh, let me go get this name again. I had it in my head. 
Megan Walker and uh, Raquel Carrera. Uh, so uh, Asia Durr gets a chance to get a little bit more action in Atlanta, mm-hmm. be another spark off the bench uh, for them, which they could use. Um, yeah. And and Asia not really getting the fairest shake after coming back. You know, you know they had already traded for this myriad of players. They had players that had already established themselves. Uh, and, you know, Asia didn't kind of come in and really get a chance after, you know, missing since the Bradenton Florida year uh, in her second year going into the league. But, uh, you know, hopefully she just she finds more opportunity in Atlanta and can be a part of a team that's in playoff contention and can hopefully stay there, um, you know, for the rest of the season. But Atlanta, Atlanta's been fun. Uh, yeah. Eric, Erica Wheeler got hurt in their last game. Uh, she's day to day. So we'll keep an eye on that. I think. Uh, she might also be sick. I don't know, but we'll keep it on them. They still have plenty of players. You know, Ari McDonald might start. Uh, who knows? Who knows yeah. how it's going to go. But Atlanta's still playing well under uh, first-year coach Tanisha Wright, and uh, I'm liking it. I can't wait yeah. to check them out again. They they did have a little struggle game against uh, against someone recently. Uh, who, who was that? It was what team they just played? This guy. Yeah. Um, Ryan Howard had a tough night, two for 12. Um, Cheyenne Parker had to lead the way that one with 19 points, but you'll have that every now and then. I mean, this is a, this is another new batch of players being led by a rookie. So, I mean, if the rookie is going to have a tough night and, and that's your star in this league, who's arguably an all-star this year, you know, it's going to end it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. So you just yeah. going to have to deal with it and keep it on, keep on pushing. Um, um, and then they, they just lost uh, on Tuesday, they just lost uh, out in Seattle, but I'm, I don't know if that's just because of, you know, how much, how long of a trip that is, you know, going to the Pacific Northwest from Atlanta, but uh, Howard had 11 and was not the leading scorer. They just, they, they, they got some contributions from uh, Cheyenne Parker, as you mentioned. And, and, uh, but with, with Erica Wheeler getting hurt, that, that probably didn't help. Right. In that, that game. Yeah. Uh, what are you lacking from the dream so far, BJ? And is Ryan Howard deserving of being an all-star in her first season? I like what I've seen, uh, you know, how they've come together playing as a team. You know, a lot of people, as you we talked about, didn't expect this from them through the first third of the season for them to, you know, still be in, in the thick of it for the playoffs and still be a team that is, you know, has a winning record even. Um, you know, probably a lot of people expected them to maybe be in an Indiana type situation where they're just yeah. trying to figure things out and, and getting some more experience, but Howard has come in and, you know, she leads the team in scoring, you know, so far she has just been, you know, playing lights out to this point, uh, almost 16 a game is, is just phenomenal from her. Um, and so, you know, I, I think she, if you know if if they keep winning like they have been and and playing as well as they have with her, I think she should be in the All Star game. Even if she's coming off the bench, I think she's absolutely deserving. You know, as we talked about, you know, the storylines with with them coming and and performing as they have this year, almost out of not out of nowhere, but almost out of nowhere. I I want to deserve. I want to reward her. She is deserving in my book of getting to the All Star game. Maybe I'm a softy, but yeah. I uh, I'm regretting trading her in fantasy earlier this season. Uh, I mean, my team is still winning, but you know, mm-hmm. still I would have liked to have had 
Ryan Howard at this point. I've actually tried to send a trade to try and get her back. So I will let y'all know how that goes. If I'll be able to get her back. Sounds a bit desperate, Drew. Yeah, but I mean, she's hooping, man. Yeah, 29 uh, fantasy points a game, six uh, for guards in fantasy so far. So, I mean, that's a a player you kind of need on your team. But I've still still got a good host of talent. So we'll see. Maybe he'll bite on my trade offer. Diana Taurasi started playing a little bit better basketball game. She's averaging uh, just short of 27, 11th amongst guards after another burst. 30 piece against golly who was this against la yeah or actually 30 piece in fantasy she had a 30 piece against connecticut the game before that so but yeah 35 and 51 in fantasy the past couple of games so she's getting it up there for me but you know one of these episodes maybe the next one we'll talk a little bit more about this fantasy stuff i've got Mm -hmm. you know multiple leagues going right now we'll be halfway through the season by the time you know we get back next year or next next week there because yeah. it's only 10 regular season fantasy weeks so yeah um, and i'm three and one so far so we'll see how it's look at going. that i took down an undefeated last week and i'm facing another one the only other one this week so man we'll see what we can do i'm up do by one again, after the first game day yeah we'll see do it again man we shall see uh and bjr dallas wings sitting at six in the standings i didn't get to see the last game i was at my nephew's birthday party birthday. but i'm gonna have to double back on that aces game Asia wilson fouled out early only had like i don't know nine points six rebounds something like that a really weird game because of the fouling situation 8.7 boards but yeah there you go pretty bad and dallas still muffed it up and let kelsey plum go for like 30 35 plus in the game yeah, so 32 yeah yeah i'm gonna Hopefully, get a chance to rewatch that back before Friday, and uh, you know, see what my wings got as they host uh, Seattle for a pair this weekend. Uh, That's see, right. Uh, I don't know if Seattle plays again. Uh, uh, we'll see if I can check really quick. Seattle plays again before they visit Dallas. Uh, no. they're they don't. No, they're not okay. playing tonight, so they'll be here Friday. Okay, so the, we're tied in the standings. Uh, if we split the weekend one and one, we'll still be tied for six. Yeah. Uh, if Dallas sweeps it, you know, we'll, they'll be eight and five, and Seattle will be six and seven, which will be interesting. And if it Very goes one and one, both teams will be six and six. Um, yeah. Dallas has a very – Dallas doesn't have a history of getting both often. It's usually, no. you know, lose one, uh, fix your mistakes, or win one, and the other team fixes their mistakes and beats you down. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how this goes, but you know Dallas holding firm for right now. Things are getting a little bit tighter as a lot of teams are starting to kind of figure some things out. Yeah, this is their first home game. We talked about uh, a couple of weeks back, and now finally the long road trip is over, and they do get to host a game again. So we'll see because it's been a while since they've hosted a game. Um, you know they'll they'll get to you know finally finally you know get another home game. First this time how, in seven games? No, this is this how many home games they have this month. Seven. Seven. That's uh, a seven. lot. Yeah, two this weekend. Uh, Aces on Wednesday. Mercury Friday. And then Sparks the next Sunday. Then Fever Thursday. Mercury on that Saturday. It's a, it's a, it's a lot. A lot of, lot of stuff coming up this three weeks period for the, for the Dallas Wings. A lot of home games, so. Yeah, three three games a week the next couple of weeks for them. You like it. That's, that's how it goes. Uh, 
Probably time to play a little game. A little game? A little game. All right, a little game. Okay. Bow. That's this called with it or quit it. It is. It is indeed. With it or quit it. And it's basically, if you're new to the show, what are you doing? Well, thank you for being here as we celebrate our 50th episode, Drew. You told me before the show, number, the big 5 0. Yeah, 10 in season one, 40 here in season two, and, you know, still going strong. We'll see what we do uh, before we, we shift gears and, and get to a third season. But, all right, Drew, five questions for you. I'm going to give you five, maybe not necessarily hot opinions, but I'm just going to give you five opinions that I may or may not share, but I just kind of wrote some stuff up, and, uh, oh, here we go. We'll start off with... Number one. Okay. Okay. The first one. Are you with it or quit it that when Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC in a few years, the SEC should protect their rivalries and go to a nine-game, three-guaranteed opponent and six-rotating opponent schedule every season? So, essentially, if you're Texas, you get to protect your rivalry with Oklahoma. You could bring back the Texas-Texas A&M rivalry. And then you could even throw in an annual matchup with Arkansas every year while you rotate the rest of the SEC, you know, six opponents one year, the other six the other year, and then do it all again the, the next two years. There's been basically two schedule formats that um, a lot of people have, have talked about that they're still deciding between. The other one would be eight games, keeping the divisions, at, or not not keeping divisions, I'm sorry, uh, eight games conference schedule, but only one guaranteed opponent that you play every year and seven rotating games. The first one. Yeah, it makes sense to me. So that would be with it. So I'm with it. All right. Okay. I'm with it too, Drew. I just, to me, it's surprising that it's taken this long for them to realize that, you know, going forward, how they market their games, this is the best way. This is the only way that I think makes the most amount of sense for them to, monet, you know, have the most you know, attention and, and money coming from those games is to go to that schedule. And I think that if they really realistically listen to, well, us and, and most of the rest of the the internet, then, then that's what they'll do. And, you know, you got to realize how big that Red River rivalry is. It's a big deal, yeah. not only in that sport, but obviously it's about to go down in softball tonight. So it's a big deal across that's all sports. Right. Yeah, that's right. Big you're you're kind of... You're kind of getting ahead of me on one of those, but we'll come back to that. Okay. But, but I mean, you think about it, like if, if they only had one guaranteed opponent, you could have like Florida and Georgia play every year, but not Florida and Tennessee. Alabama and Auburn would play every year, but not Auburn and Georgia. You'd be giving or getting rid of some of your best rivalries that make the game so, so much fun if you only do one guaranteed opponent every year. Yeah. So I think that's the only thing that, realistically makes the most amount of sense all right drew number two shifting gears a little bit the better snack cracker is goldfish as opposed to cheese it's with it or quit it quit it bro cheese it's all day Ooh. easy easy, easy. Hot, hot and really? spicy every day of the week and i will accept the regular ones too some of the other flavors they try to mix up is a little too much but hot you and ever spicy. Had the white cheddar um yeah okay i've had the white chair they're not they're not bad they're actually like the they're better chair, than yeah. they're better than the original um yeah, so that's, yeah oh that's bold. But, uh, hot. hot and spicy okay 
Okay. Hot spice is goaded. Cheez-Its are goaded. All right. So Cheez-Its are better. And and honestly, juice. even back in the day, like between those little fish snacks, I used to mm-hmm. like whales more than goldfish. Oh, I forgot about whales. Whales were so good. They were, My teacher, dude. my sixth grade teacher used to set them up. I bought her little snacks all the time, eating yeah. whales in class. What was the what was the one that was like the chicken biscuit snack crackers? You remember those? Oh, I have no idea. Okay, those are good those. too. Next, all, all right, number three. All right, Drew. Let's see how much you know about the sport of golf. Have you heard of the LIV? The LIV. Yeah. So the LIV is. Uh, basically a PGA competitor, PGA tour competitor that is just starting up. They've been able to steal away some of the top golfers in the game, like Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson. They didn't, yeah, they, they, they wanted to, they wanted to try to uh, bring Tiger over and, and be the face this morning. They tried to pay him a certain amount, but he can't play that many. He can't play that much. So. Yeah, he, he's not even going to be part of the U.S. Open as he continues to rehab and, and try to be back for the Open Championship, a.k.a. British Open. Anyway, so within five years, Drew, the LIV will continue to steal away more of the PGA's top golfers and will be the more successful league within five years. With it or quit it? I don't know how much money they have. It sounds like they got a lot of money. If they, got, if they got more money, then I'm going to say with it. Because, uh, I mean, golf, you know, it's arguable that some golfers are underpaid. Um, and, you know, people are getting a little bit more into golf, too. So, And this, I, I think this is part of why. When you've yeah. got kind of the, you know, the back and forth with these two competing leagues, it's it's as opposed to just having, you know, the – Colonial on CBS. I think it would be good for the sport of golf to have a competitor like that and jump in the fold, whether it's stealing some of golf's best, but like, you know, that means the rest of these golfers need to step up. So, um, I'm I'm down. All right. I'm I'm, I'm with it. Drew is with it that in five years, the LIV will be the more successful league. All right, Drew, number four. The best adult animated cartoon series is the show set in the town of South Park, Colorado. With it or quit it? Quit it. Quit it, really. You love South Park that much? I don't I'm not saying I love it. I do enjoy it. I don't I haven't I don't I'm not as addicted to it as everybody else. Um I think there's a lot of other better shows out there. I actually haven't even I can't say I've watched a full season's worth of South Park because I've just watched, you know, I don't know. Some cool episode pops up or some funny one I'm supposed to watch it. I don't know. I I can't even. Oh, I can't. I can't get these words out right now. Yeah, South you Park. Can. South Park is good, but like, there's no way you can get me to sit there and watch it. Like, I don't. I don't have the attention span or the want to to want to really? sit there and watch South Park. Like, hmm. I have watched it before, but I'm not gonna sit down and turn it on. No, I'd rather okay. watch some other things or rewatch something else before turning on South Park. Do you watch any like adult animated cartoon show? Uh, give me some examples. Are you talking about like, like uh, Dragon Family Ball Guy, V, The Naruto? Simpsons, like oh, th- oh, th- yeah, those? Ca- this that's what I mean. Yeah, like Beavis and, Beavis and Butthead. You know, Rick I, and Morty. I, you can make the argument. I I used to watch Family Guy and American Dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else there are. 
I didn't watch I mean, the Cleveland show. I probably would have if I was still watching TV at the time. Yeah. Um, but essentially, essentially, like you know, the it's it's you know the cartoon shows that are like you know adult themed as opposed to like you know Dragon Ball Z can be enjoyed by kids and adults without you know most of the jokes flying over. So the you are heads. counting Dragon Ball Z. No, I, I'm saying that would not count because oh. that's something that you know a kid could watch and still enjoy. What meanwhile, you know, no no adult in their right mind would let a kid watch an episode of Family Guy or South Park for that instance. Fair. Okay. Um, but no, I think I, I like Family Guy better. I will say that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We get some hot takes on this show. So hot take. <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm saying that that's why I was trying to give you. I said that to see what your opinion is. See what you like. And if I don't think that's necessarily as hot a take. But all right, Drew, you ready for number five? I'm ready. Okay. You mentioned it earlier. Red River rivalry in the Women's College World Series. So, Drew, the Texas women's softball team will take down number one Oklahoma twice in the best of three and become the first unseeded team to ever win the Women's College World Series. With it or quit it? My heart says with it. But my brain probably says quit it. Oh, I don't know, because just like... I don't know. I'm nervous. We're not supposed yeah. to be here. Yeah. And we just luckily just got here. I don't know if you'd say it was luck. I mean, you okay. went out and beat some really good teams in the process. Took out two national seeds in the regional and the super regional. Took out teams like, you know, UCLA or I don't – I think y'all beat UCLA and then knocked out Oklahoma State in the semifinals. So. Right. And you do have a win over Oklahoma, who's only lost three games all season long. So, but you know, they're playing some good softball right that now. That's true. I mean, it's it's a it's a lot to ask for two wins out of three. But man, you know what? I'm gonna just I'm gonna just homer with it. I'm gonna say Longhorns in three right. to redeem ourselves in the Red River rivalry after getting embarrassed in football. All right. Hook them. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, wait, that one, well, it was a little bit embarrassing. I was going to say, that was a good game. Yeah, Past couple of years have been really good games of football, so. Just, we were down by like 30. I think we came back and then ended up losing by, like, I don't know, seven or something. Is that that game? Was that last year, 2021? I think. I don't know. I thought y'all were up big last year, and then Oklahoma came back and won. Ah, am I backwards? Yeah, I think it was 2020 was the year that y'all were trailing, and then it went into like four overtimes. Super ugly game. But last year was the year that uh, was looking like uh, Oklahoma was getting in the field goal range, and then uh, the walk off touchdown run, or like touchdown with like a less with a second left or something like that. Dang, now I'm interested. Let me go back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Okay, no, yeah, it was us. We were dominating. Yeah, yeah, we were we were done. It's it, that's why it was an embarrassment, BJ, because we had it wrapped and we let them come back. <laughs> twenty five in the fourth, bro. Twenty five in the fourth. That's gross. not not great. Not why did I just dig up these old memories? Good. All right, yeah. Uh, hook them in three though. Let's go. All right, and that Drew is with it or quit it, and that's gonna do it for the big five. Oh. Yeah. All right. 
50th episode, BJ. Can 50? you believe that? No. 10 episodes in the first season, 40 in this one, and we're a 50-burger. We're a 50-burger, man. Do you I have mean, any words for the people after our 50th episode? Well, I mean, it's it's a big milestone. I will say that. Uh, you know, I, I do want to say that, you know, those that consistently come in week in, week out, whether it's live or or whether they, they check us out on, on the different platforms we're on, Apple, Spotify, I do appreciate that every week. And, and you know, getting the, the, the social media interaction, you know, I'd, I'd love to, to see it boosted, but I'm also, you know, not wanting my phone to be always binging at me. <laughs> so, you know, that that's, I, I mean, I, I, I only kid, of course. Um, so, yeah, I do want to say to everyone that, that does listen on a weekly basis that we do appreciate it more than you will know. And, you know, just thank you. Thank you for you know, continuing to uh, come in week in, week out and, and listen to both of us talking hoops. I mean, I, I'm i really grateful. And I, I would imagine Drew is the same. That's right, Beach. And especially to those people that have actually listened to what would be all 50 episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those subscribers out there, shout out to you guys that want to check out those special episodes and those special interviews, those special conversations. You know, I know we had, you know, an extensive uh, unintentional hiatus, you know, after our first season and then kind of came back, you know, towards the end of this year. What was it, October, November, something like that, BJ. But, uh, you know, we've we've enjoyed being back, getting to do all the episodes and, and really kind of blow through this second season here. Um, not not sure where the stopping point is yet in season two. It might be 50 episodes. If I can talk, might be 50 episodes. <laughs> uh, and, and then just kick off season three with a bang and some new stuff. Maybe maybe an exclusive uh, a BJ segment that's just his that he takes Look over. So, a lot of things coming uh you know, coming to mind for, for new stuff for uh, season three, but yes, sir. definitely appreciative over the first couple of seasons and shouts to all the guests who gave us their time and all the athletes who came on, all the media that came on, everybody yeah. that, that uh, joined us, all, all our consistent listeners, uh, ones that stayed through from season one, shout out to you guys for, for sticking it out those, those months that uh, we, we were gone and uh, in football and whatnot, so uh, we won't leave you this time in football season. Promise, yes. we'll be we'll be here. Um, we're, we're not playing each other this year, so yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe for to, the best. Yeah, we. I, I don't want to lose again, so I'm glad <laughs> I'm not playing you guys. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we still got got plenty more in store for you guys, and uh, the best is yet to come for the loadout for sure. Yes, indeed. Well, guys, you know what to do. Go follow us on all those social platforms that we're on, that Twitter, that Instagram, at the underscore lowdown. That's T-H-A underscore lowdown on Twitter and Instagram. And follow us on both these platforms that we just streamed live from. That is Twitch and YouTube at the lowdown. No underscore on those platforms. Got clips coming up, uh, coming before the next recording of this episode going over the weekend. So be on the lookout for some of the clips from this episode. And, uh... Hey, here's to 50 more. Here's to 50 more and a whole lot more beyond that. Yes, indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.